0: Every day is a competition against your pride, comfort zone, fear, complacency, snooze alarms, bad habits, bad relationships, and more. What's up, competitors? New week. We are
1: back with a brand new episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. How's your week going? How are you making progress? Are you getting after your goals? You find yourself just getting distracted by every single thing that's going on. It's easy. Our schedules, they get crazy. Social media distracts us. Emails, God, don't even get me started on our inbox. Flooded at all times. There's always distractions. And many times those distractions make us forget the moment. They have us thinking too far ahead. We're trying to look a week, a month, a year, 10 years down the road. And when we do that, a lot of times we we lose focus. We lose that motivation. Because instead of focusing on what we control, we start thinking about everything outside of our control. We start allowing those, those thoughts, those ideas to stress us out. We get worn down, we get distracted, and then instead of focusing on what we control, which is our attitude, our choices and our actions for that day, we start thinking about everything else and we find ourselves in neutral. We don't make progress, we don't take a step forward, we don't take action. So today, every day this week, I wanna challenge you to remain present. Just be where your feet are. Be present in the moment, realizing that Tomorrow will take care of itself tomorrow, but what you have to do today is to put yourself in a better position when you wake up tomorrow. It's great to look at your goals. It's great to know where you're eventually trying to go, but what matters, it's what you do today. So your choices, your actions, and your attitude is 100% your control for the day. So choose to be a competitor in every sense. On this week's episode, I am excited to welcome to the show fellow Dallas-Fort Worth native Ginny Dean. Ginny was a special education teacher for years and then left to start a family with her husband. After a few years, she found herself incredibly unfulfilled and started wanting more for her life. She took one yoga class, and as she says, that changed everything. Seven years later, she is a professional yoga teacher, but the beauty is Not what she does, but how she does it. And if you've ever been to one of Jenny's classes, it hasn't probably been in a yoga studio. Could have been at a bar, could have been at a sushi restaurant. See, Jenny likes to take her practice and what she enjoys doing and put it in new atmospheres, new environments, places that people are very comfortable coming into and trying something new. And so you're going to have that opportunity to hear Jenny's story, to learn just about experimenting, of finding things that work for you, how to think outside the box, building your business, building your side hustle, building your goals, your skills. Most importantly, you're going to hear about the importance of incorporating fitness and well-being into your everyday life, not just for yourself, but for your family or your future family one day. And so now with that, I'm excited to welcome to the show Jenny Dean. Jenny, welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I obviously have known you for a little while through the Dallas fitness community and space, but would love for you just to take a couple of minutes and share with our listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, because you have your hands in a number of different things. And then I would love to dive into your journey, both on the entrepreneurial health and wellness, and then as a parent.
2: Okay. I appreciate you having me. Um, So yes, I have my hands in... A lot. I um, am first a wife and I am a mother of two. So a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old, very busy children. So every night we have some type of sports event. Um, during the day when they are at school, I teach um, functional fitness classes in a hot yoga studio. And I teach power yoga fitness classes. I also teach the teachers, which means in yoga, that is a 200 hour program. So I, I, um, it is about 10 weekends. We go from Friday to Sunday night and it's pure just yoga and themselves and a lot of self-development, self-discovery. And I do that spring and fall. Now I am, um, kind of breaking on my own. I am, I have my own website. I have just launched my, um, fitness videos. So, I get a lot of complaints from women, and um, it's a lot of stay at home moms. They have no idea what to do in the gym, and they have no time to go to a yoga studio. So, I have worked for 22 hours, I have content, and I have videoed my classes, videoed me doing a home practice, um, gone to the gym and taken video just so women can know what to do in the gym and they're not intimidated. And then I've come up with like hit training, fifteen to twelve minute classes um, that they can do from the computer at home with their kids, all around them. Um, so that launched yesterday, and um, that has been huge. I've been I've had great um, feedback on that, and I also do retreats. So my number one goal is to get like-minded people together all in the same room and um just kind of feed off each other's energy the positive vibes I believe in health and fitness um bringing everyone together and um supporting each other so I did my first retreat last year we went to uh, Puerto Vallarta we had 30 people and for two hours in the morning we're working out yoga boot camps and then we journal and then we just kind of break loose during the day and then um do sunset yoga and just bond really it's just females bonding together um and i also do community events anywhere i can go so um i have my next one coming up at the lincoln center um at the star so they contacted me and they just want me to bring um 30 people it's just like a vip small group they're going to cater it do drinks and it's just an appreciation class that i can say thank you all for coming That's
1: awesome. and, um, yeah what what got you into the health and wellness space to begin with because i know you obviously are heavily involved with yoga teaching practicing but you also do some crossfit studio right. fitness st- classes what kind of got you into this world to start
2: so um, after college, I was a special ed teacher for ten years. I did elementary, high school, and middle school, um, and then I had babies. So at, after my tenth year of teaching, um, I had my first son. I still taught another year, and I wasn't fulfilled. Um, I loved special ed, special needs, Down syndrome was my um, like my heart, and I still love it and miss it. Um, but I was always a teacher. I've always been healthy, not near what I am now, but just physically. And my parents, we ate well, we played tennis at night, we did walks, we were always active. So I never had an issue of not being active. Um, And then when I got pregnant, I started swimming laps. That's all I felt better. I just felt better in the water, swam laps was like weights on my wrists. it was weird. And had an easy delivery on both kids, um, very easy pregnancy. And that is what really got me into training. So like the mindset of, um, okay, I want to get in the best physical shape of my life after my two kids. I'm way stronger than I am after children than before, for sure. Um, It's like my muscles were turned on with babies. And I took my first yoga class. So after my second child, I stayed at home. Husband traveled Monday through Friday with work. And I was miserable. I remember being, I never was depressed ever, but like that was pure depression. I had an infant breastfeeding and a two-year-old at home. I mean, you know, story of everyone's life, all the moms. And then I went to my first yoga class when my second was three months old. And um, I just remember bawling in Shavasana. And which is, you know, where you go at the very end and everything comes together. I used it for a pray time. Um, It just was everything all in one. It was health. It was um, sweating. It was hard. It was strong. It was flexibility. It was like a massage at the end. And it was like a nap at the end. So whatever the teacher was doing, I went up to her and said, whatever you're doing, I'm doing. And I got certified two weeks after my first class. Wow. That is how it all started.
1: And and then obviously went from there. One of the things you mentioned was having the two children at home, your husband on the road traveling. There's a lot of listeners that can relate to that. A lot of moms that can relate to that, or even on the flip side, single moms that don't have that uh, spouse in the picture as well. What is one of the things early on, once you got that certification, you wanted to start teaching that you did to manage your time? Because there's no such thing as a work-life balance. But there is ways that we prioritize it. What were ways that you were intentional about using your time with your kids and then when you were teaching and instructing as well?
2: Yeah. So um, people ask me, like, right now I have a great routine. My kids sleep through the night and I am, I'm like clockwork getting up early. Back then, though, I was um, not sleeping through the night and I was lucky if I had three hours of sleep. Um, just cause when I got one to bed, then the other would wake up and you are, it's just a constant battle. I remember feeling hung over every single day and not drinking. You're just exhausted. So during that time, I go back to, um, sleep was number one. If I didn't get a good night's rest, I would take care of my body first. I would have to take naps when the kids take naps. I always did that. Um, and then I got physical with them. I remember putting them in a Bob stroller, double stroller, and we would go grocery shopping, walking. (laughs) And I put all the groceries in the bottom of the stroller. And, um, I just made myself active with them. I got a bike that they could, you know, go in the basket, um, behind me on the bike. I never really went to the gym. I was constantly, uh, taking them to the park. We were never home. Um, And once they went to bed, I went to bed. If I wasn't tired, I would, um, you know, do some type of self-development. I've always been a reader, from really, really big into growing myself.
1: I I love that you mentioned that you weren't going into the gym, which is a common excuse for a lot of people of saying, well, I don't have time to drive to the gym, do the workout, come home, or pay for that membership. You found ways to constantly be outside, be active, be moving them throughout the day. Right. And so now, obviously, you're, you've transitioned some. You're still active, but you're teaching on a lot bigger scale with mm-hmm. studios. Uh, I noticed you've done some stuff at the uh, is it Lava Cantina here yes. in the Colony. You've done some outdoor events on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Tell me kind of how the growth within the community has been for you, because you've gone from just one single location to really being a major influencer in Dallas and the yoga scene. Uh, what's that journey been like? for you throughout the process and what were some of those starting points?
2: Yeah, so I tell the teachers I teach to think outside of the box. You do not just need a hot yoga studio to teach yoga. I've taught yoga um, on, a, on a second floor sun deck at a sushi restaurant on the patio at six o'clock on a Friday night, thinking no one would come. I said, maybe you can get drinks. They had a pay to go there. And I had only, I had 72 people come on a Friday night, sunset yoga, and you had cocktails afterwards. Um, And then I taught at Lava Cantina, which is a music venue. And um, I said, this would be great for yoga. Anywhere I go now, I think about me teaching on stage, even in church, and everybody else um, doing yoga. Just, it doesn't have to be a hot yoga studio. I want to get... The more people that are intimidated to come to a studio, the more people I am all about. And they will come on a Sunday morning. I've done it at the Lulu store. I've done it at, um, Legacy Hall, which is, uh, another music venue.
1: Yep.
2: Anywhere I can get my hands on that is not your average yoga and I can make it into like that excites me. And it excites me to bring people that aren't going to normally come into a studio just to get around us, to get around like-minded people and just kind
1: of feel the energy. I love that. I love that. It, it creates really a safe place. As it, not that a studio isn't safe, but more of a welcoming environment that they're not used to. It's similar. You talked about being on stage with the church. There's a lot of people that wouldn't go to a church, uh, step foot in there, but they would go into other spaces as well for some of the same conversations and, and dialogue. And so yeah. I find that interesting. Uh, one of the things we've talked about a few times is raising your kids, and now they're at the age you've got sports all the time, every night, weekend, you name it. You being so active in the fitness space and yoga space, how important has just an active lifestyle been for you uh, with your kids? And what are the lessons that you've started to learn and develop by being participants not only in sports but just in well rounded health and wellness? Yeah.
2: Good question. Um, both of my kids are in two different sports now, um, the daughter and the son, and you're right, every weekend, every like last Saturday, we had a game at 8 a.m. and a game at 8 p.m. So you can't have any plans. And um, my husband does travel, but we are both very big on them not missing practice. So them being disciplined, and even if they have homework or they don't wanna show up to practice, we make them go to practice just to learn the discipline. I believe that um, sports really, really teach the kids to have manners and to listen to adults and um, to be around like-minded people and to be in the community. And um, I I love sports. I believe they want to be better um, or they'll become better adults just by being involved in group
1: activities. Yeah. What age did they start to become active in those sports or did y'all sign them up for it?
2: We sign them up at three and that's just what you do in Frisco. (laughs) The neighbors are doing it. The whole neighborhood's doing it. And we start super, super young. And that's just what we did.
1: Love it. Well, and at that point, all of their friends are doing it. The neighborhood kids, it's a great social experiment for them just to interact with other kids.
2: Right. And I go crazy when my son who's nine, almost 10, wants to just play on the Fortnite, the um, video game. And I, that literally makes my skin crawl. So he had one hour a week, the whole week. That's all he can do is one hour. And most, I mean, some kids spend the whole afternoon on there and I, it's, it's awful. It's sad.
1: Yeah. That's, that would be a, one of my questions as well as I know Fortnite obviously is an incredibly popular game that continues to grow And people can just spend hours and hours and hours on that. Same with social media, same with all of our devices. How have you and your husband come to the agreement on, hey, it's a one hour a week deal, find other activities, encourage other activities? Was there kind of a learning process of, oh my gosh, you're spending way too much time on there? Or was it, hey, we want you to play and participate with your friends, but here's your limit.
2: Um, for us, no, it was every day after school and we still do it. Even if it's nice outside, we are outside. So I pick them up from school at three o'clock every day and we are never alone. I have nephews that live down the street. I have nieces that live down the street. Neighbors are, are, it's very kid friendly in my neighborhood. So it's, I never just have my two kids. We are always, I have probably have six kids. Normally they play football, they play outside. It's never an issue For us, unless it's um, at nighttime and he's done with his homework and he wants to get on. And I don't have an issue with that unless it's only like 15 minutes. If it's a school night, weekends are a little bit different. And he knows that. Um, But I'm lucky because I think I've just, my kids don't know any different. They want to be outside, which is a good thing.
1: Well, and and that comes back to how they grew up being outside, being active. you don't know any different. It's, it's like, I'm an only child. People ask me, well, you know, don't you miss not having brothers and sisters? You don't know any different. Like you just hang out with all the kids in the neighborhood and then you go home. Like you don't know it, which is okay because it helps create specific, specific environments in this case where they're not as addicted to technology and social media and games as some other children can be. Um, so I want to flip back to, asking more about your journey in terms of creating these events and retreats, because you did your last one last year. You've got another one this year. Mm-hmm. What inspired you to step out outside of DFW and say, let's go somewhere, get together and really re- just invest in ourselves. Uh, because as running the event, that's a big leap of faith that people are going to jump in and join. Right. Uh, but as well as just putting it together and, and coming To the idea that this needs to happen why you why what inspired you to be the person say this is me this is what i want to do
2: it happened to me i was teaching for six years and i was going everywhere i tell the teachers i teach the best thing to do to get involved in the community if you want to be involved as a yoga instructor you can't just teach one place I i was at seven different places um so i got to know that that's the number one tip if they want to um get more of a following you have to be everywhere you have to meet a lot of new people um I taught my first teacher training uh two years ago and it was at the end of the training in my head um I'm like a five-year plan I I get complacent about five years into my into teaching and whatever I do and I go crazy if I get Um, complacent like mentally crazy so I'm always looking for the next best thing I'm always nobody told me to go out and have an event um I, I believe God is it's a calling and um I had my first event at Lava Cantina and it was a great turnout and I remember thinking on stage looking at everybody being like this is what I'm supposed to be doing this is my calling my purpose And ever since, and I, I don't even look back. Like I, I want the next thing. I want the next thing. I want more constantly feeding myself and I hate being complacent. So,
1: so obviously going into year two. So have you already thought about what's beyond this one retreat?
2: Right. Yeah. So my end goal, um, and it's been a five year making, um, Five years in the making, I have finally found a like a location, signed the lease. Um, so I will be opening up my own studio. The we're thinking the end of May, early summer, if it has to be. My whole goal, which is what we don't have in Frisco, is a um, all-in-one workout. So I pay. CrossFit membership, I pay for, I don't pay for yoga, but I teach there. I pay for Cowboys Fit. I pay for LA Fitness. So everyone has all these different memberships. And I don't know if that's normal or if that's just me, but I want something under one roof. So I want an infrared heated yoga studio because I believe in the benefits of yoga. But I also am not just a yogi. I believe in weight training, physically exerting your body, which is where the CrossFit comes in. Um, so I have designed a studio with, um, all infrared studio and then another separate studio under the same roof for cross training. I have turf, I have, um, weightlifting, not CrossFit, not, um, it's not going to be like a wad. It's, it will be more of a bootcamp, um, functional fitness training.
1: Awesome.
2: So I want everyone to come in and take a yoga class, but also get the benefits of weight training. Cause I'm a huge believer.
1: Indeed. That's awesome. And that obviously creates atmospheres where someone that is typically only yoga wants nothing to do yes. with weight can be introduced to the opposite and vice versa on the weight side, the benefits of yoga.
2: Right. They need to know that they need both. Right now, they're just getting one thing um, unless they're going to other places and your body needs both. Just the way we get older, we, we need weight training and women are scared of weight training.
1: That that is a uh, a common a common theme out there in the space of uh, of lifting weights is going to make me massive overnight yes. and and so I, I love the fact that you know a lot of the goals and things in your life have been about shattering these stigmas and these stereotypes of of what yoga is or where yoga should be confined to as well as now trying to do that more in the fitness space in Frisco of introducing people to women into weight training and then people that are addicted on the weight training side, what yoga's benefits can the do. Benefits, yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, Jenny, how can people learn more about one, you, the work you're doing, if they're based in DFW, uh, learn more about this work and your events to come visit. And then as well as if they're listening from anywhere around the country and they're like, she sounds exactly what I need in terms of at-home workouts, instructions, like I've got to find out more of her content. Where's the best place for us to find and connect with you?
2: So my website is Jenny and Instagram, Jenny Dean Fitness, um, at Jenny Dean Fitness. I post more on Instagram. I'm, I'm on Facebook too. Um, my website will have all the information about the retreat, about um, the fitness online programs, and the studio opening up will be under all of that
1: fantastic well jenny thank you so much for coming on the show this week for everybody listening make sure you're following jenny online and absolutely go check out her website uh it's a retreat in mexico what more excuse do you need with wellness and sun uh but this has been great thanks so much for joining this week
0: thank you for having me